0: we pray. Holy Spirit, who binds the church together as one, bind us together in heart and mind this morning, that as we open the word of God, our hearts may be renewed and refreshed in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who pours out his gifts upon us with every breath we take. We ask this in his name. Amen. And you may be seated. Somebody said, it takes about six weeks to get back to normal after you've had a baby. Somebody doesn't know that normal after a baby will never be again. Somebody said, you learn how to be a mother by instinct. Somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said that being a mother is boring. Somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a driver's permit. Somebody said, you don't need an education to be a mother. Somebody never helped a fourth grader with their math. Somebody said, you can't love the fifth child as much as you love the first. Somebody doesn't have five children. Somebody said, the hardest part of being a mother is the labor and delivery. And somebody never watched her baby get on the bus for the first day of kindergarten or on a plane headed for military boot camp. Somebody said, your mother knows that you love her, so you don't need to tell her. Somebody isn't a mother. Mother's Day. Welcome. What a great day it is. What a universal celebration it is. I say universal because the truth is we all have mothers. And so it is a day to celebrate that gift in our lives. But you notice I didn't say happy Mother's Day, because happy is a relative thing. And the reality and the truth in our sinful world is that not everyone has had a happy mother relationship in their lives. Some have had relationships that were broken and strained. Some had mothers who were abandoned abandoned them as children. Some have mothers who have gone home to be with the Lord and are no longer here. Some had abusive relationships. There are all sorts of different things that we can talk about in this world as we watch the news, as we hear the horror stories, as we think about the things that happen. But as I said, happiness isn't the most important point today. None of us in this world had perfect mothers. And I am so glad my mom's not here to hear me say that this morning, because <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Lois and Eunice who were named in Paul's epistle to Timothy today. And the woman who is commended by Jesus, none of them were perfect. They're mentioned and they're commended for something else, for faith, for living faith, for real faith in the face of whatever came their way faith in their lord and savior Jesus Christ who gave them the strength each day to be that mother that grandmother that person who interceded in behalf of their children i'd like you to open the scriptures with me today turn to mark 7:24 the gospel lesson mark 7:24 and we'll look at what Mark records there for us, about Jesus and the Gentile woman, Mark 7:24. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her. Wherever Jesus went, whatever the place was, whatever the circumstance, he could never be alone. As much as he tried to find solitude somewhere to be undiscovered, someone always knew that Jesus, this great new prophet, this rabbi, was in town. Someone always found him. Someone was always there wanting to see him, wanting a touch, wanting healing, wanting to speak with him. So it was in this region that was Gentile. Jesus had gone there to get away from the criticism and the hounding of the Pharisees to be in a place where maybe not everyone knew him, where he might find that solitude. But it was not to be the case. A woman found him out, a woman who was Greek, someone who wasn't part of the house of Israel, someone who was considered in that Jewish mind unclean, untouchable, not somebody that you would even waste the time of Dan. She sought Jesus out, she found out where he was, and she began to beseech him to heal her daughter. Mark's pretty brief in his gospel about the way he treats this story. Matthew's a little longer. Matthew gives us some insights between the period and the next sentence because it says Jesus was silent to her. Jesus didn't answer her. Jesus basically ignored her. Silence when you ask God for something. You know, I think it takes the greatest faith to deal with silence when we say that heaven is as resounding brass, meaning that when our voice goes up in petition, all that comes back is the ring of our petition and no answer. Silence when you ask for help. Silence when a mother has said, Lord, let my child live. Silence when you've said... Let my child walk someday. Let my two-year-old with cancer be healed, Lord. Let my child be able to speak someday. Let my child return home tonight in the car in safety. Silence. You know, Luther says this of silence when God does not answer. Punish us, O God. Punish us. But do not be silent towards us. Billy Graham once said in a time that he was going through that darkness of the soul, that God was not answering, that he was struggling. He wrote his mother to talk about that. Her answer to him was this, Son, there are many times when God withdraws to test your faith. You must trust in the darkness. If you do not turn away in the fog, you will find his hand there she asked Jesus again heal my daughter and Jesus then turns and begins a dialogue with her a dialogue that wasn't normal in those days a theological dialogue that didn't happen first of all with someone who was a Gentile let alone someone who was a woman But he makes a statement to her as we look at the scriptures. He says, first let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now we might look at that, and maybe you've heard before, it seems like an insult, but the word that Jesus uses there for dogs is not just dogs on the street, it's the word that was used for dear little pets in the household, who we know are on the floor, who we know would normally get whatever scraps are left. She keys in on this, she gets what he's saying to her, and she replies, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. How do I know that she gets it? How do I know that she understands it? Because this is the only place in the whole Gospel of Mark where someone addresses Jesus face to face with the word, Lord. Look it up if you don't believe me. She is the one who recognizes who he is, what he is saying. He's saying, I'm sent to the house of Israel. I'm not sent to the Gentiles, but... God is gracious enough in His love and His mercy that even good things overflow to those who are not part of the promise. She gets it. Lord, I understand. I understand that even though who You are and even though what Your mission is, I accept that. But I know that there is still grace and love and mercy in Your heart to do this thing that I ask of You. And then He told her, For such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Faith. Living faith. Faith that is persistent in the face of obstacles, in the face of things that seem insurmountable. Faith that is a gift that God gives when all else seems gone. What a legacy that is to pass along to children in our lives. A legacy that we would want them to have to be able to stand in that faith as long as they live. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? You know, they say it only takes one generation to lose the faith of the parents, to lose the faith that we have if one generation goes by unbelieving that it might be gone. Faith. Is that the gift that we wish to leave to our children? Last week we celebrated in the 11 o'clock service The celebration of confirmation of 30-some kids who made the statement, as Pastor Mark said, to suffer all even death rather than fall away from the faith. One of the things that I had the privilege to do as I talked to the kids that I got to interview was to tell them, look, what this is, is the baton is being passed to you. You must take up this baton of faith now. You can't enter heaven on the shirt strings of your parents and their faith. It is your faith now. It is yours to kindle. It is yours to grow. It is yours to be in the Word. It is yours to make sure that you stay faithful in all these things. The legacy... Of living faith, as Paul says. Passed down from generation to generation. Isn't that the greatest gift that we could ever want for one of our children? You know, so often we make promises to our kids. Promises that we want to keep. Promises that we'll see them through in the difficult times. Promises that we'll make sure they have the things they need. We say the promise, I will always be here for you. And we mean it sincerely. But do you realize that's a promise that we cannot keep? Go to any graveyard and ask yourself, where is the person who promised to always be there for me? We need to put their hand in that promise into someone who can keep that promise, into someone who will always be there for them, their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the hope and the dream that we celebrate today as we honor mothers in our world. Whatever that mother is, whatever that definition is, whether it was somebody biological, whether it was somebody adopted, whether it was a spiritual mother in your life, somebody who wanted to see you hold on to that legacy of faith handed down from generation to generation. There were four scholars one day who were arguing about which translation of the Bible seemed the most important to them. The first scholar said, I love the King James Version for its poetic language and the wonderfully way that it expresses the English language. The other said, well, I really like the ESV for its faithfulness to the original text. Still, one other said, well, I like the NIV for the way that it really expands the text and talks about the true meaning behind the words. The last scholar thought for a moment, and he said, my favorite is my mother's translation. They looked at him for a moment and said, your mother's translation? Your mother translated the Bible? He said, my mother translated every page of the Bible every day in the way that she lived her life. That is the truest translation I have ever seen. How often it is in our lives that we have been influenced by someone who has lived out that living faith in the way that they have lived their lives, that has touched us in a way that we truly understood who Jesus our Savior was. Someone who gave us the strength to see through the darkness of life and the fog when it came over us. So that we might hold on to the one who holds on to us. Whose hand is always there to reach and to touch, to heal and to love. There will be moments, no matter whose life it is, no matter what happens in our world because of sin where there is brokenness, and there is doubt, and there are strained relationships, and we wonder, and we hope, and we try to figure out a way of what's happened. But there is the surety that Jesus, our Savior, will be with us always, no matter what has come. Jesus will bring to us healing for past history, for things and emotions that have happened. Jesus will give us the ability through his grace, through his forgiveness, to let go of the past and the wrongs and the heartache and to move into the new day of living faith. Somebody said, You become a mother when you have the dream in your heart to pass on the heritage of love to another. Somebody Gets it? Will you pray with me? Jesus, we are so thankful this day for the legacy of faith that has been handed down to us. We are thankful for mothers in our lives, however you have blessed us with that. We are thankful for those who have told us of your love and your grace. We are thankful, Lord, that you are with us in the darkness of night and in the sunshine of day. Lord, may we all always hold faithfully to your cross. May we be people who live out that faith in our lives, that it may shine and others may see it translated into love and service and mercy towards you and towards our fellow man. All of this we ask in your name. Amen.